And how was week three of football like for you, man? It was good. It's another another successful week. Another solid week with DFS. Um, it's always good when you never you don't lose money. That's always a, a positive week. So and uh, you know we're on to week four. So yeah, and the baby she's doing well. So she made an appearance on the the Sunday show. So that was good. Yeah, if you guys missed the uh, the Sunday pregame show. You you missed a a level of dedication that you know is is truly awe inspiring. We had Kev here who was holding down the the household while also holding down the the pregame show. He's there holding the baby, holding the bottle in his chin, so he has the other hand to to research and a- answer questions for you all. So it was a it was truly a a sight to behold. It's a it's something that I think every one of us can. Uh, can strive for in, in terms of our dedication. So if you are new to our start or sit show, the way we do things here is we're not going to sit here and tell you to start Russ Wilson and Pat Mahomes this week. We, we, don't, we don't have time for that. We, we have to get to the actual nitty gritty. So we're going to be talking about maybe some, some surprise sits, you know, maybe guys we should be pumping the brakes on. And then we're going to look at some deeper options, you know, guys that are outside the, for, for quarterback and tight end, the top 12 on Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings and for running back and receiver outside the top 24 and obviously reverse for the sit. So with that out of the way, man, let's just jump right into it with quarterbacks. For me for this week, there weren't too many guys that I looked at and thought in the in the top 12 that like we really need to, to worry about too much this week. I think it was kind of – it was pretty straightforward for me with uh, – with with the with the sits and the starts to to be honest that the the nice thing about this week and week four is we have there there are a lot of options so you know let's say you 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 drafted Carson Wentz right and that hasn't been looking looking too well for you so far this year there are a lot of options and waivers or if you picked up a second quarterback that you can look to start this week um, Kev why don't you go ahead and start it off who uh, who are some guys outside of the top twelve that you think are worthy of a start this week? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a few different places you can go. I think Jared Goff is in a fantastic spot. I don't understand why he's still so widely available in fantasy leagues. Uh, the dude, especially the last two weeks, I think has put up at least 25 fantasy points in each of his last two games. This week they get the Giants, which is a defense that you really shouldn't be afraid of. I think they he is squarely somebody that I would look to play, um, especially over a guy like Carson Wentz, who's really struggled. You know, I, I'm kind of in the same, in the same boat uh, as a fantasy owner. Uh, I drafted Carson Wentz and own him. I'm not to the level, I think, of dropping him, but I've strongly considered... Actually, Jared Goff was available in my league, and I actually picked him up. And I'm probably going to play him this week over Carson Wentz. I think there's better days ahead for Carson Wentz. You know, we've seen in years past where he started off a little bit slow. Uh, I don't think there's a... I, I still think that he can turn it around. So I think that he's in play. I think Joe Burrow is somebody that you should be really looking at playing this week, playing against Jacksonville. Or on the other side, I think Gardner Minshew can also bounce back in that in that, in that that game. And I think a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick is also in play going against Seattle. Seattle's secondary is banged up. I don't know if Jamal Adams is going to play in this game. And, you know, we saw a nice bounce back game, you know, on his own right by Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we know Ryan Fitzpatrick has no problem chucking the ball downfield and uh, has that degaff attitude so in a game that's going to be high scoring they're going to have to throw the ball because seattle and russ wilson has just been next level this entire season so i think those are the guys that i'd be looking at yeah those are guys i had as well the only other one that i will throw in here uh baker mayfield i think you can you can start him maybe the ceiling isn't there he's kind of turned into just a honestly, just like a game manager. But after his week one, where against Baltimore, he had a 65 
quarterback uh, rating. He is, he's been in the, the triple digits since then. I think he has four touchdowns and one pick over the past two weeks. And going up against Dallas, which is another offense that has just been, you know, putting up points and racking up the yards and everything else. So they're going to be playing from behind. I don't think they're going to be able to control the ball with Chubb the way they have been over the past couple of weeks. Going to force Baker to throw a little bit more. And Dallas is giving up the third most fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. So, uh, like I said, there, there's a lot of options, especially with uh, the guys that you're going to be debating on starting anyway. So unless you're unless you're carrying two, I think really anyone that you have, maybe outside of you know, like we talked about, like Wentz, someone who you probably drafted as your QB one, you can basically start anyone this week. There wasn't there weren't too many. Uh, too many that I looked at where I, I thought we had to had to avoid them. So before we jump into the running backs, we have a, a couple of questions to grab here. Hoffman fifteen, Mike wants to know thoughts on the Dolphins wide receivers this week. I mean, I think you kind of just touched on it with Fitz, right? If you're firing up Fitz, you got to feel good about the uh, about their wide receivers. Yeah, I mean Devontae Parker. I think I think he's certainly someone that's in play, and I think that you know if you were a little desperate, you know, because right now uh, we're we're kind of in that waiting, and we haven't really mentioned it, but obviously right now the Titans and Steelers game is postponed. They're, they're looking to play it on Monday and Tuesday, which I would assume since that's still a Week Four game. I know there's been some questions on that, like how the apps or like ESPN, Yahoo, Sleeper, all the all those how how would they handle it? Right? I think they would still just be it would just count towards your week if it, they play Monday or Tuesday. I don't know why it wouldn't uh, they wouldn't make it sense so we're kind of waiting on that which obviously it's going to be tough but the good news is we should know it in advance it's not like we're going to you know we're going to be sitting here sunday not knowing how this is going to turn out it sounds like by saturday they're they're going to know which way they're going and which what direction they're heading in there so obviously i think you know a guy like big ben that you may be thinking about starting this week you know you may try to preemptively add somebody in the event that you know if they do not play on monday or tuesday because i think that's something you should be looking at and maybe adding a guy you know just so you have them ready you know in, in the event that you have to to play them this week because that very well could be happening there's other guys like Deontay Johnson who needs to clear a concussion protocol who I would definitely play you know if he's active but we won't know that until Friday at the earliest but I don't even know if they're allowing I, I would assume the Steelers are allowed to practice this week I don't know why they wouldn't they're, they're not the team that's at risk but the Titans certainly aren't and we don't even know the Titans I don't think they've even said who the players are so right, right now I mean it could be Derrick Henry it could be Ryan Tannehill like we don't know who the players are that are actually sick so we'll have to wait on that news as well so there is some this is a little bit different than what we normally see but if I was a big band owner I would probably have a back up option ready for me uh in the event that big ben can't play next question we got is coming in from jacob he wants to notice he start justin jefferson or julian edelman how are you uh how are you handling justin jefferson after he just completely went off last week are you just are you immediately trusting him they're going up against houston and uh the pats are going up against your chiefs who do you want in this situation and how do you feel about you know justin jefferson just in general after he went off I don't want to fall victim to point chasing, and I think that playing him. Listen, this is a great matchup against Houston. Uh, Houston's defense is not very good, especially their secondary is not very good. Could this be a sign of things to come for him? Sure. Like he should have been the number two all year. I know there was the talk early on in training camp about Ola BC Johnson that was ridiculous. We know Justin Jefferson's a baller, and so would I play him over Julian Edelman? No, because I, I think that this Chiefs game, again, we know, I mean, it d- doesn't matter. It, I don't care who the matchup is, whoever they're playing, you're going to have to put up points. You're going to be probably p- playing from behind for at some point in the game. And so with, with that, they're not going to be able to play ball control offense and run the football and all this stuff against the Chiefs. So they're going to have to throw the ball a lot more, much like we saw against Seattle, where Julian Edelman just went absolutely ridiculous and went nuclear in that game and had a career game. So I would play Julian Edelman. All right. Let's roll into the running backs for this week. Uh, I'll kick things off for, for I think, for both of us, for for not necessarily a set, but a guy that just doesn't make any sense to us in terms of where he is ranked in terms of the consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros, and that is Derrick Henry, and that is with or without whatever is happening right now with, with Tennessee. He was ranked, uh, what was the kid, like top six, top five, and ter- like in PPR consensus rankings, just doesn't make any sense. The Steelers are giving up the second fewest fantasy points per game to running backs. They've given up the fewest rushing yards this year to running backs. They're like at 121 or something is all they've given up 
through three weeks, and that was with uh, Melvin Gordon had, what, 70, I think, against them in week two. So you're talking about the other two weeks combined. They've given up 50 rushing yards. So, again, probably not someone that you have the luxury of sitting unless you went, you know, running back heavy. Maybe you uh, maybe you struck some gold a little bit later in the mid-rounds of your drafts. So you're probably not completely sitting him, but definitely someone you need to pump the brakes on. And if, you know, if, if you do have two other solid options and you have a, a, a wide receiver that you could flex this week, maybe you can get away with with sitting him because uh, I, I just – I don't like this matchup one bit. Uh, other than that, there wasn't anyone that really stuck out to me again that was like in a, in a really bad spot. Um, so my my starts for this week, again, these are going to be guys that are outside of the, of the top 24. I'm going to go with Devin Singletary and Darrell Henderson – with Singletary, it looks like he's going to be leading that backfield. I think Zach Moss did get in a, a limited practice this week, but he Singletary looked really good last week. Uh, had, had a bunch of chunk yardage. Vegas is giving up the second or the the most fantasy points per game, rather, and that taking into consideration they're giving up the the sixth most rush yards, the second most rushing touchdowns, the second most receptions to running backs, and the most receiving yards. So. Singletary is a play I really like this week going up against Las Vegas. Vegas has been doing a much better job in the uh, in, in the passing game versus the running game. I think with I think with quarterback they are giving up like the fifth fewest fantasy points per game, and that the the Raiders are uh, the other guy. Like I mentioned, Henderson, someone that I I did not like coming into this year. He looked really good going up against Buffalo last week. He was someone else who just kept kept picking up chunk yardage left and right. It seemed like every time I was I was looking at that game, it was six, seven, eight yards a clip. Now he gets the Giants, who are giving up the 10th most fantasy points per game. And uh, like I said, last week did a, had, had himself a really nice game against the Buffalo team that was in the bottom 10 of fantasy points allowed. Looks like Cam Makers is probably going to miss this week again. And it, it kind of seems like, especially after that first week, it – if you read that quote from McVeigh, it kind of seemed like they wanted Akers to be more involved, that they wanted him to be the guy, but Malcolm Brown was just playing so well, they kind of went with a hot hand approach. So I think it's gonna that's going to be the approach that they take all year. So I think Henderson's going to get first crack at the carries, and unless he completely falls on his face, he should definitely handle the uh, the bulk of these. And then if you need, if you need a, a, a super deep play, for this week, a guy that we've been talking about all year in the in the in the off season, and then leading into uh, every week with waivers. Sorry, uh, Chase Edmonds. I think this is a week where you could play him if you had to. If you're if you're suffering from the uh, the injury bug, going up against the Carolina team, it's giving up the second most fantasy points per game. So I think if you if you need someone to kind of just pick up off of waivers and stream and play this week, that's going to give you flex level value. I think you can go with Chase Emmons going up against Carolina. Yeah, I said I said on the Sunday show, like I, I do think that I'm not. I don't think it's a hot take to say if Kenyon Drake doesn't start to turn it around, you could see uh, Chase Edmonds take over this backfield. Like Kenyon Drake has not been good. Uh, this is probably the best matchup he's going to get to be able to prove that going against Carolina. Um, Carolina's defensive line has not been great this year. Um, they're below average. At, they are, what, 20th in adjusted line yards, 29th in power rank, um, 19th in stuff rank. So they have not been very good in terms of stopping the run. So this is a good matchup for him. So if, if there was going to be a week that he was going to get going, this would be it. I, I, I've kind of gone back and forth on this because Devonta Freeman, right, is in a fantastic spot this week. And they, you know, Joe Judge came out and said that they want to get him more involved. He had... Played 29% of the snaps last week. Obviously, it was his first week. We kind of talked about that, that you know he was going to be worked in slowly, which he was. But I think he's going to get more and more opportunities. And so by looking at this, the Rams are have been terrible against the run. They get, uh, they are second or 31st in the league, excuse me, um, in adjusted line yards, 19th in power rank, 30th in stuff rank, 24th in second level yards, uh, their defensive line. The problem is the the Giants have been just as fucking bad, right? Uh, like almost historically bad 
on their offensive line where they're ranked dead last in adjusted line yards. And it's not even close. They're still 1.77 adjusted line yards compared to San Francisco, who is second or 31st, excuse me, who is 309. Like it is that bad. Now I will say this: the San Francisco's had, or the Giants have had really bad matchups so, so far, but they haven't been able to take advantage of it. Now, like we just talked about, San Francisco's defensive line hasn't been great either. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I think that you could play Devonta Freeman if you were desperate, depending on injuries and stuff like that. If you desperately needed a flex, because there's a couple of guys that are out this week, you know, with the injuries and everything else that are going on, especially if we have uh, the postponement where you're really going to be scrambling for somebody. I don't hate the idea of playing Devonta Freeman. I totally agree with what you just said. Daryl Henderson, I think that he's definitely in play. I have him as a top eight. I have him at 18th. Uh, I think James White is somebody that we should be looking to play this week. This, I know everybody went out and spent a lot of fab at a high waiver priority to add Rex Burkhead because Rex Burkhead went out and had 34 points. But we kind of said it this week, right? that do not spend fab budget on him. Do not waste your, your waiver priorities on him because the biggest reason he got most of that work was because James White has been out the last two weeks dealing with you know a tragedy in his family, not due to injury. He is back this week. He returned to practice today, so it sounds like he's going to be playing. And again, if you're playing the Chiefs, you're going to be playing from behind, and James White is likely going to see a lot of opportunities in that game. I don't think it's going to be Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead will get opportunities, sure, because they, they, they kind of have a committee. But I, th- I would love to play James White this week in the flex. I think he's certainly in play. I have him as a high-end RB3 in the flex. <clears throat> you know, there's some other guys that I think people may have some questions about, like a David Johnson. I think this is a fantastic matchup. Minnesota's defense as a whole has been horrendous. And, you know, the Texans have actually been decent against uh, in terms of run blocking. He scored a touchdown last week against Pittsburgh, which you mentioned. Um, I think Miles Gaskin, who is clearly the lead back in this backfield, uh, for the Dolphins, we'll probably see a lot of targets in this game playing from behind. So I think he's in play as a flex option. Um, and then you have the guys like Jeff Wilson, who who you can play. I think he'll get more opportunities going against Philly, but this isn't a great matchup. It's really going to depend on how I feel about this because Philly's front seven it is still really good. Um, but I think if you were in a pinch and you had to play somebody, I think Jeff Wilson. And then I think Naheem Hines is the other guy I want to talk about. He's kind of fluctuated in terms of his usage, but I think this is a good matchup for Naheem Hines. I think with Nick Foles, this office could take a step forward. I think we could be looking at a little bit more of a high-scoring game here where that, that works out better for Naheem Hines. So you were talking about uh, Devonta Freeman, C.J. Lang, our guy C.J. Lang, at Clubber underscore Lang 83 or Clubber Lang underscore 83. There's another score in there somewhere. Uh, he wants to know with Fournette rolled out or appearing like he's going to be rolled out, would you go Rojo versus the Chargers or Devonta versus the Rams? I mean, I don't think you have an option. Uh, option you have to play Ronald Jones, but I'm going to be honest. This is a fucking awful matchup. The Chargers, the Chargers def- defense has been. Uh, especially against the run, has been has been fantastic this year. So it's really tough for me to trust that. But I but I would go Ronald Jones just because he's got a good opportunity. But who knows? Maybe we get a Keyshawn Vaughn sighting this week. Stranger things have happened. Uh, we we have Big Ten coach PJ Fleck. Appreciate you uh, joining the, the the YouTube stream here, Coach Fleck. Uh, he wants to know: Would you trade T. Y. Hilton, Will Fuller, and Miles Sanders? for Monty and Adams. I wouldn't know. I mean, I, I just can't give up Miles Sanders. Uh, I think that he's going to continue to play a big role in this offense and giving up guys that are workhorse backs. I just something I can't do. I think Will Fuller, I think this week he has a fantastic matchup to really crush. Uh, Minnesota's secondary, as we know, is absolutely atrocious. And Will Fuller's a guy I really like. I have him as a top 15 wide receiver this week. And moving forward, I mean, he's going to continue to get opportunities and targets. Last week wasn't a great matchup going against Pittsburgh. So I, I just can't do it. I love Devontae Adams, and I think he, you know, obviously he's going to be peppered with targets, but I can't do that. I, I would much rather want T.Y., Will, Will Fuller, and Miles Sanders. So for you, it's not worth the downgrade going from Miles to Monty and the upgrade going from T.Y. and Fuller to, to Adams. No, it's just it's just the, those workhorse running backs are so hard to get rid of. And like it, it would take an absolute haul for me to want to get rid of him, whether it's, you know, a guy like Zeke or, you know, guys like that. Like, honestly, like I know this isn't a buy sell show, but I would be out there looking to buy Joe Mixon any way I possibly can. He's once again starting off super slow. And I think that people will want to get rid of him. And I think you can buy him on a discount. And I, w- I want all of that. 
Another trade question here from Shelton. Uh, trade? Would you trade DK Metcalf or D Hop for Clyde? I would trade. I would want to know who his other receivers are and what his running backs are. But yeah, I I could I could see myself trading DK Metcalf or Clyde. Yeah, he would he would also be my choice as much as I pounded the table for Metcalf as a top ten receiver, which he is right now in in week three. Uh, I'll take a quick little victory lap on that one. Um, but if 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 I am going to give up one of those, it is going to be DK D Hop has just been the the targets aren't even comparable with 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 those two. Metcalf is going to have his weeks, but D-Hop is just going to be super, super steady, and he's going to have some of those big weeks for you as well. Um, that, that, man, Ooh, that's 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 tough. Like I said, if if I'm going to do that, it's it's easily DK. But uh, like you, I'd want to know who his other running backs and, and receivers were before making a, making a, a, a straight call on that. Uh, another man. This is this is awesome. We we haven't had this many trade trade questions all all year last year, I think, and we're we're already getting there in week uh, week four. Uh, Matthew John wants to know: Would you trade Devonta Freeman for Gaskin? I I think I would. I would. Yeah. It's tough because like Gaskin's getting the touches. He just had like he just hasn't been extremely efficient with them. And then whenever they get even sniffing the goal line. Here comes Jordan Howard, aka Jordan Asiata, coming in to to just vulture that touchdown from you and just piss you right off. They they tried to give Gaskin, I think, what was it like two carries at the at the goal line last uh, last week, and then he he just got stopped. And then Jordan Howard comes in and scores the touchdown, which is just super tilting. But yeah, I I think I would because I think it's going to be it's twenty twenty. And I think you can trust Miles Gaskin more so than more so than you can trust Devonta Freeman. It's just it's just tough because like I see a path of success for Devonta Freeman, right? And I know a lot of people we've we've said it, we've all said it that that you know if Saquon Barkley can't run behind this line, how do we expect Devonta Freeman? And I, I get that. I, I do think that this offensive line does have a lot of new pieces, and I think it's without any training camp, without any OTAs, with with or without I should say no without preseason and a limited training camp the way that they was ran, that it's going to take some time for this offensive line to really gel. And I could see in the second half this this offense becoming better and Devonta Freeman being somebody that you would want to play on on a weekly basis um, as like a flex or maybe a low-end RB2, I think the, 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 it, it very well could change and where this happens. We also know he's a capable pass catcher, and he's a much better goal line back and somebody that, that's going to get those opportunities. You know, is, is it a lock to happen? No. And that, that's why I, I would be a little hesitant to making the trade because, let's be honest, Gaskins could struggle for a couple weeks and then he and then it's Jordan Howard, you know, and where I don't, I don't feel like I have to worry about that with Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman, you know, they, they paid uh, Devonta Freeman a pretty decent amount to be a guy that they he came off the street. So I would probably do it, but I would, but I still am a little hesitant on it. Mike is back. Wants to know if Chris Carson plays, would you play Carson or Parker in PPR? For me, I'm just going to go with Parker for this, regardless. Even if Carson plays, that's just one of those things where, uh, like, what's what's the point? Like, what is the the why would they just throw Carson in there and give him a workhorse role? When, he's already you know what I mean? so he he's already practicing though this week, and so like the, like I actually I have him at rank fifteenth. Like if if he's already practicing, it's clearly not as bad as we thought it was. They already said it was mild. Um, if he's practicing, it sounds like that he's trending towards playing. So I know it's against you know against Miami, so maybe they don't feel like they have to play him as much. But right. I would feel really bad for myself if I sat Chris Carson and he goes out and scores two touchdowns and runs for you know gets you a hundred yards. So I would still roll Chris Carson. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's just what like I I feel the the same way on the on the opposite side of like all right well Pete Carroll said he's been practicing all week let's fire him up and he goes out there and gets five six carries 30 yards and then his his day is done that like that's I don't, I don't know I just I, I know it might not have been as bad as we as we thought it was whenever we saw that live which is just a, a scumbag play but man that's I, I just don't see understand like even if he was like feeling good why would you why you would even 
risk well, it. Have to, well, you have to see. I mean, if he, if he starts getting in full, because I don't think it was full. I think it was limited participation. If he starts getting in full participation by the, by Friday, he's he's ready to roll. Like uh, he's ready to go. So it, you fire him up. Like there, there should be nothing to be worried about at that point. So you think even if it was just uh, just the one full practice on Friday? That, that that would be enough for you. Yeah, that tells you everything you really need to know. And I honestly like I don't people overreact a little bit too much to like Wednesday practice reports. Like a, a lot of teams rest veterans and everything else. People start to freak out on Wednesday and you get you see you hear news that a guy sat out of practice or something like that. Like that's not really that big of a deal to me. Got a defense question. Anthony wants to know uh is the are the Broncos uh just an, an easy play this week going up against the Jets? Let me see. Go to the flow chart. Are they playing the Jets? They're playing the Jets. Okay, yes. They Whoever is playing the Jets is the defense that I want this week. This this offense is so fucking bad. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, you play anybody who plays this. I You know what I'm hoping for, actually, is that they just get fucking steamrolled, the, the Jets do, uh, by a third-string quarterback. And Adam Gase, uh, they tell him, hey, you just let's just pack your stuff and let's, let's head out. You know, or, you know, he, he comes in on Friday and, and his key card doesn't work. Because Adam Gase is the, the the worst head coach. Like I used to think Jeff Fisher was really bad. You know, we used to all like make fun of Jeff Fisher, and there was the Jeff Fisher memes and all that stuff. Jeff Fisher is a way better head coach. At like Adam Gase, everybody that has left Adam Gase has went on to success, and that's everything you need to know. So, like you you watch, he's going to leave, and all of a sudden Sam Darnold is going to turn out to be you know a much better quarterback than what, we, than what everybody thinks that he is. Like Adam Gase is a wrecker of teams. Yeah, I mean, this would obviously depend on who you have available in your league, but I, I think you can feel very confident in just plugging in the the Broncos and uh, and and letting them stream this week. So as we move on to wide receiver, we have a we have a poignant question here from Silence on nineteen fourteen, DJ Moore or the aforementioned Devontae Parker. DJ Moore, like, and he's another guy that I think is a is a really good buy low candidate. I know people are a little bit down on him. He's not really get, seeing the end zone, but he's still getting a thirty percent target share in this offense, and so that's exactly what I'm looking for. And so I, I have no problem with playing DJ Moore. I think he's still been a, a, a wide receiver too in terms of fantasy points per game. He's getting, you know, like I said, thirty percent of the touches. So yeah, I'm playing DJ Moore, and like I said, I think he's a, a pretty solid buy low candidate. I would look for a way to to start both of those guys because the Cardinals are giving up the I think it's the second fewest fantasy points per game to to wide receivers some somehow. Some, Who have they played? Is, but still though, with with them being ahead, you would still you would still expect. So they played the Niners, uh, Washington, and Detroit. So I mean, Washington. Who are their wide or against San Francisco? What wide receivers do they have? It was George Kittle, and they were landing on the running game. And then Washington, Dwayne Haskins, has been terrible so far this year. So that doesn't really surprise me. you know. And Kenny Galladay had a pretty good game last week. Um, found the end zone. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't – some of that is a uh, little context. Like, we need a little bit more context behind that. Like, I don't think – Arizona secondary is all of a sudden, like, great or a lockdown cor- uh, secondary. No, so, no. Yeah. I'm not that worried about the, the Arizona secondary. No, like, like I said, I, I would just look for for a way to get both those guys in because I do like Parker this week as a as a play. Uh, Shade721 was thinking of dropping Preston Williams for Higgins. Thoughts? Yeah, I think you could do that. Um, T. Higgins' uh, numbers have turned it upwards uh, each week. Uh, A.J. Green appears to be showing his age. Dust in the wind. Which is sad because uh, I've always loved AJ Green. AJ Green has always been a baller, but um, that or he's just uh, you know he's sandbagging it, tried to get moved or released or something because uh, he really just wants to get off uh, out of the Bengals because he didn't want to come back there. But you know, uh, last week you know we saw uh, with him last week what he played. So he played sixty one percent of the snaps week two. He played eighty eight percent of the snaps last week. He ran forty routes week two, forty three routes last week. Um, Six targets week two, nine targets in week three, and then you know three and five receptions, and then he also had the what the two touchdowns last week. So and he also had 150 air yards, which is pretty pretty good. So yeah, uh, I would do that. All right, let's jump into the the start sit for for the wide receivers this week. 
again, there wasn't anything that really jumped out to me in the in the top twelve, the top twenty four of of plays where I was looking at where it was just like you know you you got to stay away from or guys I'd be I'd be looking to looking to to sit. Um, one one that kind of did catch me a little bit by surprise and just felt a, a little point chasey was the fact of Keenan Allen being ranked in the in the top ten just kind of after his blow up game. I know he had the the solid week two game. I think where he went for, um, he went for almost a hundred yards. But obviously last week he was what thirteen for like hundred and thirty and a and a touchdown. So I was just a little surprised to see him that high after how how far down he had been in the in the consensus ranks leading up to this point. But again, outside of that, there there wasn't really anyone that jumped out to me as you know what what is he doing up here? So I really think that they're like I said with with the quarterbacks and with the, the running backs really. There weren't too many just like everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Complete stay away matchups for, for me here either. Like we were talking about with, with the, the Raiders, they are giving up the second fewest fantasy points per game. But they're also only, I think they're pressuring or getting quarterback pressures like the the eighth least. So if you're giving if you're giving Josh Allen time to throw, obviously Stefan Diggs, he's been he's been a go-to guy for him and he's been playing pretty well outside of last week. He didn't do too much. Um he he was ranked 13th. So again, just someone who was like a, a little bit higher than I had expected, but I don't think you can really sit him at this point right now either unless you have unless you have much better options. So Kev, uh, why don't you kick things off here? Give me, uh, do you have any any sets to kind of just kick things off and then go into who, who are some of the guys you like this week? Yeah, I mean, I think one would definitely be Jarvis Landry. Um, he really hasn't had, you know, a whole lot of success so far earlier in the se- or earlier in the year. We know they get Dallas this week. They're going to have to throw the ball. Um, I think that this, uh, the, you know, with that, I think that he's somebody that gets a lot more targets. I mean, he only has 13 targets on the year. He's only getting 16% of the targets, you know, um, so that is obviously not what you're looking for. And I think a lot of people that drafted him, what, in the sixth, seventh round, were expecting a little bit more than this. But they've just been running the ball at such a high clip. They haven't really had to do anything. He's only averaging 8.8 fantasy points per game. But in this matchup, they're going to have to throw the ball, you know, um, we know that you can beat Dallas through the secondary. Their secondary is absolutely horrific. And so they should be looking to throw the ball a little bit more. Of course, they're still going to run the ball. They're going to, you know, what they need to be doing, as, as we know, is that Baker Mayfield is so much better whenever you get him in play action. And if they can do that, I think this spells good things for guys like Odell and Jarvis, and Jarvis Landry this week. So I do like Jarvis Landry as like a wide receiver three flex option. I would be looking to play him. You know, we're going to have to monitor some things because, uh, you know, last week, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, and Julio Jones all missed. But it sounds like that they could all play this week. Michael Thomas did return to practice today, which is a little surprising because for a high ankle sprain, that's a little bit soon. So he would be scary to play because of the fact that, you know, if if he re-injures that coming off a high ankle sprain, and a lot of these times these guys don't look the same after a high ankle sprain. But the thing about him that doesn't worry me as much is he's not like a deep threat. He's somebody that just kind of goes out and runs that 10 to 15-yard route. Uh, he's a short and intermediate guy. And so I think that even still, I think he would get peppered with targets. So, I, you know, there's no way I'm sitting Michael Thomas. But um, with those guys back, I think that changes some things a little bit. I still think Russell Gage, you can definitely play. They're playing Green Bay. This is another shootout game type game where we should be looking for that. Even if... <clears throat> Um, Devontae Adams plays. I think Alan Lazard is certainly in play. Dude absolutely smashed last week against the Saints. I don't know what's going on with the Saints. I mean, Drew Brees, he may be cooked. I'm not sure. But Alan Lazard against uh, Atlanta, I'm all about that life. And then I really like Greg Ward um, playing San Francisco this week. We talked about it last week. San Francisco's defense is banged up. They still do not have Richard Sherman. Now, the problem is with this is, well, who the hell does Philadelphia have? Because Dallas Goddard, it uh, sounds like he's going to be out for He actually has a fractured ankle, um, 
which is a problem, obviously. And then Deshaun Jackson may play. It doesn't sound like it's actually as serious as what we thought it was, but he did, he did not practice today. But like I mentioned, I'm more worried about the Thursday-Friday practices, if they're actually going to play or not. Wednesday doesn't really matter to me. Um, but it does sound like Deshaun Jackson does have a shot at playing. Even still, Greg Ward is going to see a lot of targets. They what they brought in um, Hakeem Butler, right? Um, as as they signed him off the street to be a tight end, he was a converted tight end from a wide receiver. Uh, maybe you'll talk about him and the tight ends. I don't know, but Greg Ward is going to see a lot of targets, and so I like him. The Raiders, uh, I mean, they are another team. Uh, Brian Edwards is hurt. You know, Henry Ruggs is hurt. Uh, you know, it looks like they need to be running out guys like Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar. So Hunter Renfro in the slot um, had a pretty nice game last week. I think he is somebody that should be an option for people as a, as kind of like a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, flex type of play. Uh, I think you can go there. Robbie Anderson, I think this is another great matchup for him, especially if DJ Moore sees a lot of Patrick Peterson. I think that Robert, Robbie Anderson would be a guy that I would want to play this week in a, in a matchup against Arizona. Um, and then you know, there's some other options. I think KJ Hamler, uh, you could go there if you wanted if you want to play somebody. Uh, Anthony Miller. Listen, I know people are going to look at Indy and see what they've done, um, and think that Indy's defense is really good. I'm, I'm here. I'm going to say it again. Their secondary is not very good. They just haven't played anybody yet to challenge them. So I think this could be a week where Allen Robinson actually uh, plays just as good as he did last week. And we've seen Anthony Miller as a guy who can get you double digit fantasy points. He's done it two of the last three weeks. So I like Anthony Miller as well. The uh, you you brought it off a bunch of the ones that that I had as well. The uh, the one that I'll add, I think you kind of touched on briefly whenever we were talking about uh, quarterback, but that's Will Fuller. He's currently being ranked outside the top twenty four, and you have Minnesota giving up the fourth most fantasy points per game to uh, to wide receivers. So that is a that is a play I like there um, with Minnesota as well. You're talking about a team that's giving up, let's see, the fifth most air yards to the position as well. And we know what Will Fuller can do whenever he's fully healthy. So that is a uh, that is a play that I like a lot just to, to expand on what you were talking about earlier. Outside of that, I mean, I think if you have to, you could look at somebody like LaVisca Chenault uh, going up against Cincy. That should, I mean, not, not necessarily a, a shootout, but I don't think that's going to be a game where either team gets, uh, gets you know, jumps out to a, to a big lead and allows the other one to dictate the, the game pace and the flow of the game. Um, Cole Beasley has been quietly putting together some, some solid weeks, uh, even since the beginning of the year. Um, and, you know, we, we had mentioned some of the, uh, some of the injuries you have John Brown who's banged up. They do have Dawson Knox who cleared the, uh, the concussion protocol. So he should be coming back, but that's going to be, it's going to be a lot of digs and a lot of Cole Beasley, I think. And if, uh, Maybe a, a sprinkling of Gabe Davis if he's somebody that you want to, you know, grab and stash. Kind of that la- that last spot on your roster. You just kind of keep rotating through for the uh, for for your high upside play. Um, and then I, I don't know if you mentioned it or not, but uh, Scotty Miller. Now he he did miss practice today. He was banged up last week, but Godwin looks like he's going to be out. Um, Keep an eye on Scotty Miller and his practice reports throughout the week. And if he's able to go, I like him. Um, other than that, here, here's here's a question. Um, with Miko Harmon finally showing up, what are you doing with him in, in lineups if, if you have him? Or does last week's performance make you feel better going forward about projecting his role in the offense, because up until now it had been a little bit more Demarcus Robinson. He wasn't getting much play, but Miko Hardman finally had himself a nice game and should have had uh, two touchdowns instead of just the one. So, is this kind of where we start to see that turn for Miko Hardman? I don't know if I would trust it. Um, I would want to see more from it because if you go back and look, he still only played forty-two percent of the snaps. It's actually less than he played week two. He played sixty-five percent of the snaps week and week two. He played forty-two percent of the snaps last week, and he actually ran less routes. He only ran twenty-three routes. Um, he was targeted more, which was six targets for the eighty-one and a touchdown. Um, but he, I mean, I I know because we are, uh, 
you see that you see you know vividness bias sets in and a guy had a big week so you automatically want to play him the next week but i mean if you look at the other numbers i mean he he actually played less he actually only played 42% like i said he's not running many routes so he is going to be boom or bust to be able to trust him you know going against um the patriots you know i it's at home it's in Kansas City not that that really matters anymore but um can you play him sure uh, would I want to play him? Probably not. If there's better options, it just depends. Because like I said, I just think he's such boomer bust right now. I don't think you can trust him. There's still so many options. There's still Sammy Watkins, Kelsey Hill, Clyde Edwards. Like there's just so many options. Would it surprise me if Demarcus Robinson all of a sudden got six targets last week and McColl only saw two or three? Sure, no, it wouldn't at all. So I, I just think he's a little bit too boomer bust. I want somebody that's going to be um, that you can kind of project the the, the their targets. Um, and for me, I, I just don't think that's it for him. Uh, just just to mention this as uh, is, is one more other play, uh, Marvin Jones with the uh, with Kenny Galladay returning. I think um, going up against New Orleans and you know in a, a scenario where you think they're going to have to throw often, I think Marvin Jones could be uh, could be a sneaky play if if you need him. Obviously, he's kind of disappointed up to this point, but I think this could be a week where where you start him. So. Before we move on to tight end and start to wrap things up, we've got a couple of questions we got to get to. Uh, Mark wants to know he's looking to trade James Conner. What kind of running backs would you trade in a target? Is that something where you would just go straight to the Joe Mixon owner like we were talking earlier? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that's a good place to start. Um, like I said, I, I think Joe Mixon turns it around. Um, and he's actually being more involved. At least he's, he's running more routes and everything. And I think people are missing that. And they're just looking at the box score and so many fantasy points he's putting up. Like the passing volume is going to come for him. And so, you know, we saw, like I said, we saw it last year where he started off really slow and like he, like he became like almost droppable to a point and then he exploded. Right. And then finished what? I think over the final, what, eight games of the season, he was RB3. So uh, he's certainly a guy to be looking to, to buy low on. So, yeah, I mean, if you could move James Conner, who, as we know, is as injury-prone as they come, um, yeah, I would have no problem doing that. We've got George in the chat, and I think he's just uh, he's flexing and just bragging here, traded Hunt for A-Rob. I mean, that's slaying oh, good, good, good for you. <laughs> good for you, man. Uh, RD, Steelers D or Broncos? Obviously, we have the, the Steelers going up against the Titans. I think I would just roll Broncos. I think I would, too. Uh, I think this the Steelers game is probably one where you don't see as much throwing and I think more ball control type type of game. And so, <clears throat> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Ryan Tannehill only threw the ball 18 times in that game. You know, it's going to depend on how game script rolls. I, I would probably go Broncos. And Tannehill also isn't someone who takes a, a bunch of sacks or makes a, a, a bunch of uh, bunch of mistakes either. So I, I think I would just roll Broncos there as well. Javon Pope in the in the YouTube chat. Devontae Adams for Kamara. Yeah, if you're getting Kamara, hell yeah, like smash. Except I'm, I'm in. Like Alvin Kamara has been has been uh, single handedly. Yes. carrying the Saints. Like the dude's a baller. He's going to continue to get uh, to get opportunities. He's going to continue to see 10 targets a game. I mean, he is putting up wide receiver. I think I saw if you removed all of his rushing yards for the year, he would still be he would be the wide receiver like 3 on the season. Like that's how and that's worth removing all rushing yards, all rushing touches. That's how good he's been. So yeah, if you get uh you could trade Devontae Adams from Alvin Kamara like Right meow. Right meow. And this this next question is a no. Uh, Mike Evans, without Chris Godwin, we saw it a couple weeks ago, like he is going to be hammered with targets. And uh, yeah, I want all of Mike Evans. Yeah. I really do. And like, even if Gage were the, the wide receiver one there for Atlanta, I, I can't imagine any scenario for me anywhere, for me anyway, where I'd be sitting Evans for for gauge and i don't think has gauge cleared concussion protocol i'm not entirely sure i did i did not i don't i would doubt he has because i think you, uh, you can't do it until friday so the same thing for deontay johnson so uh we're not i'm not even entirely sure if he's gonna play our guy trey in the chat uh wants to know pick two full ppr dj moore melvin gordon Devonte parker jarvis landry we've got three three receivers we've talked about here already uh melvin gordon Going up against the uh, up against the Jets, looks like Philip Lindsay should be back. 
for this game. So, okay, so it's DJ Moore. That's easy, right? Melvin Gordon seems like a great play, right? Because you see, oh, man, they're playing the Jets, right? The Jets are terrible. This is tough for me because if you look a little bit closer, the Broncos, for one, their offensive line ranks 27th in adjusted line yards, which for reference is not very good. They're 30th in stuff rank. But if you look at the Jets, like surprisingly, once again, they are right on par with the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of the run defense. They are second in adjusted line yards, 22nd in power rank, second in stuff rank, 12th and second level yards. They've actually been really good against the run. This is, uh, it's almost like a little bit of what you see um, in terms of like last year with the Saints, right? Or not the Saints, the Bucks. The Bucks were a run, de- uh, run funnel. Like a lot of people, you know, you see the Bucks, you want to target them. Then, you know, eventually we all, if people start to catch on that the Bucks were actually really good against the run. So far, the Jets have actually been pretty solid against the run. So, you know, do I want to sit Melvin Gordon? I mean, no, I'd probably who I'd go with, but I would temper my expectations a little bit with Melvin Gordon. Like the the two things aren't aligning for for this to be a, a great matchup. Now, of course, Melvin Gordon would probably go out and just rush for two hundred yards or something. But I would still play Melvin Gordon probably in this matchup. But I, I wouldn't. I don't feel as great about it. I just think other people probably would. Man, it would just be so hard for me to sit. Like these are tough. This is a, this is a tough group to to talk through because obviously with Devonte Parker going up against Seattle, you're you're talking about a team that is just far and away like the worst against wide receivers this year. They have given up 1,100 receiving yards to wide receivers, and the next closest is Atlanta, who's given up 736. Then you have Landry going up against the Cowboys second in fantasy uh, points per game against, and they have given up the most touchdowns to wide receivers in the league at seven. This is uh, – are you just rolling those first two there for sure? Obviously, you said you're locking in DJ Moore. Is it – are you going Melvin Gordon or are you leaning toward one of those receivers? Yeah, I'd probably play Melvin Gordon. Another trade question, this one also coming from Trey – Offer Chris Godwin for Devontae Parker in the in the same league. Obviously, if this is before the season started, that's a, that's a smash. Do you do that now? Yes. Chris Godwin's this injury is not that serious. He's he's he's, they, he's out this week for sure. But they said he could play next week, but but he probably won't because they play Thursday. But by that time, he'll be it'll be it'll been three full weeks. Like he'll, he'll be ready to go. Uh, we what is it weeks? Seven, I think. I'm not sure when their buys it lands, but yeah, I, I would take that trade. Yeah, I think with the uh, with the options that you laid out to us in the in the needing to pick two, I think you can do that and just kind of sit on Chris Godwin until he until he's healthy and he's active. So I would I would also definitely do that. Uh, Mark is back. Are you concerned with DJ Chark's target share? Uh, obviously, he hasn't been the the absolute hog that I think we expected him to be at the at the outset of the season. They're getting your boy Keelan Cole involved. They're getting, uh, you know, there there's been some Tyler Eifert sightings, some O'Shaughnessy sightings, and then with uh, with getting Lavisca involved as well. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily be completely concerned. Obviously, we want. It's not what we expected at the at the outset, but I, I would I mean if because you're you're not going to be able to if you're looking to possibly trade him right now you're not going to get back the the full value especially of where you probably drafted him um, so I would I would just I would just sit and and wait on that one as well unless you get another comparable another comparable receiver like you know I don't know maybe you can get a, a Tyler Boyd. So here's the thing: you're, you're you're trading DJ Chark at his absolute lowest value, right? right. He was out last week. Um, I think there's again context that should be put into this. Week one, I think they only threw the ball 20 times. So um, they really outside of until we got to last week, and that last week was a terrible game, and he obviously didn't play last week. But in the opportunity he's gotten, I mean, he's still putting up around 12 fantasy points per game, which isn't terrible. I do think that they're going to be they're going to have to start throwing the ball more than what they did. And DJ Chark is definitely going to be that guy. I think he's still their best wide receiver. And so I think there's better road, uh, roads ahead. So 
again, I mean, another guy you could probably buy low, but I certainly wouldn't be selling him low because you're just, I just think that's ridiculous. If you really wanted to trade DJ Chark and you're really that worried about it, wait till he has a blow up game and then look to move him. Don't sell him now because, I mean, you're, you're selling him at his lowest value. What's the point? What are you going to really realistically get for him? You're not going to get nearly as much as what you should. And again, Jaguars are a team that are going to be playing from behind. Their schedule looks great coming, uh, moving forward over the next couple of weeks as well. And so I think I would much rather just hold on to him and play him. Blue Crew joining us on the on the YouTube chat. Ten team PPR start T Higgins or Marquise Hollywood Brown. Oh, I would go Marquise Brown. I mean, I I don't think there's anything to really worry about with what happened last week against the Chiefs. I think they bounce back in a big way uh, this week, and you know. I mean, the Chiefs are really the only team that have been ever ever been able to make them look the way that they just did. Um, I think it was even surprising for most people uh, that the, uh, how well the, I mean, the Chiefs just demoralized them and really didn't do anything until the very end of the game. And it really, if it wasn't been for that fumble by Darwin Thompson late in the game, it would have been even more lopsided than it was. So I wouldn't expect that moving forward. I would definitely play Marquise Brown. And no, I would not drop Joshua Kelly for Jared Goff. You have Deshaun Watson. There's no reason to make that move. Agreed. All right, man. Let's let's uh, let's roll into tight end here and start to wrap this up as we are nearing an hour. Um, again, man, with with tight end, same same as it was last week. It's I think we're kind of getting a a much better feel. We thought this is like. Don't get me wrong. We still have more options this year than we have in years past. But like the I think the the start sit decisions, except with uh with our guy Philip who joins us on Sunday mornings every week. Um, you know, they're they're getting pretty, pretty cut and dry. The waiver wire is starting to starting to dry up on the on the tight end front again. Um one thing I I will say, obviously Tyler Higby, if you drafted him, you probably drafted him relatively early probably didn't take a second tight end or you shouldn't have. Um, he's going up against the Giants who have, who have given up. Um, uh, maybe, I think they're like bottom five for, for fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. Again, knee contacts with contacts with that. They, they haven't faced a, a murderer's row of tight ends by any means. But the thing that is most concerning with me with Tyler Higby is the fact that he's just not running a lot of routes at all. I think he's actually tied with Kyle Rudolph for routes run at the, at the tight end position. So he's not, uh, he's not being as involved as everyone had hoped going into this season. Everyone kind of was just like, well, obviously it's going to be Tyler Higby. No questions asked. He's just going to continue rolling the way that he did at the, at the end of the year last year. Not so fast. So, if for some reason you have somebody else, you know, a, a top 10, top 12 option at the tight end position, I would look at starting them over Higby this week, just because like I said, he he's just not being as involved in terms of the, of the, the routes run as we would have expected coming into this year. Like it's, it's pretty low. I, I, uh, I'll have to look it up while I let you talk for a little bit, but he's really not like the, the, like it's, it's not even close. Like it's it's a it's a super low amount for for our expectations of Hegby. I'm um, looking at some guys who are outside of the top twelve that I think you can fire up this week. I'm going to keep going back to this well. I'm going to keep saying it because I'm going to eventually be right one one of these weeks. But Logan Thomas, um, he is actually running the third most routes at the tight end position. He's uh, I think he has the the second most targets amongst tight ends. Going up against Baltimore, they're going to need to throw the ball a bunch. Um, and outside of McLaurin, Steven Sims, there, there's just nothing else. Logan Thomas should have had a, a a better game last week if it weren't for some some errant throws by Haskins. So I think you can you can look at him if you need a if you need a streaming option. George Kittle was a uh, was a full go at practice today, so. Obviously, unless he has a setback, he's looking to be back in. So that's going to be a, a big boost to a lot of your teams that took Kittle in the second or third round. Um, pains me to say, but Chris Herndon, I would probably be looking elsewhere if you need a if you need a streaming option this week. Maybe somebody like Mo Ali Cox, honestly, who uh, who's had two good weeks in a row and kind of seems like he is putting Jack Doyle on the back burner on the back burner. 
as their tight end two instead of their tight end one. So those uh, there's some guys that, that that I am looking at. Kev, what say you? Um, is there anybody in the in the top twelve of the fantasy pros consensus rankings that you are concerned with? And if not, who are you looking at outside of the top twelve that you like this week for a play? Dalton Schultz. I'll start there. He's been fantastic uh, in the two weeks that he's taken over for Blake Jarwin. Sad for old uh, old Robbie, right? Who loves some Blake Jarwin heading in, but. I mean, he's average. He's fifteen percent target share, which isn't fantastic, but he's he's seventh in targets, eighth in routes run, fifth in red zone targets. He's had four of those on the season. So I mean, there's a lot to like. He had that big uh, big blow up game week two uh, against the Falcons, where he scored twenty one point eight, and then this past week against Seattle, he still had six targets, uh, ran thirty five routes, four receptions, forty eight yards, fifty one air yards, um, which you know about nine fantasy points in PPR formats, but. They also get the Cleveland Browns this week, which we always want to target tight ends against the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to the position. So that's he is in a great spot. I have him as a tight end one this week for sure. He's somebody that's kind of been a, a nice surprise so far this season. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, uh, he's definitely in play against the Saints. The Saints, like I said, the Saints secondary has been awful. They've allowed the most fantasy points to the position. So I, I still feel pretty solid about him. You mentioned Mo Ali Cox. Yeah, I mean, he has that former basketball background. He's played very well um, the last two weeks. And then Logan Thomas, like, I, can Logan Thomas ever do anything? Like, the guy's doing everything you're looking for in terms of analytics. Um, he's running routes. He's out there. He's just, you know, uh, I guess... Uh, Dwayne Haskins just hates Logan Thomas. So one of these weeks he's going to really pop off. Will it be this week? I don't know. What I, you know, depends on who, what other options you could possibly go with. I think Austin Hooper is a sneaky play this week. Um, I know a lot of people are down on him, but I think you can play him. And then if we find out that Deontay Johnson is in fact out this week and they play, I think Eric Ebron is somebody that you could probably look at as well. I would not chase the Jimmy Graham well. I know people are going to want to play him now after, you know, not really doing a whole lot than last week getting 10 targets and two touchdowns. I wouldn't trust that um, weekly moving forward. And then Jordan Akins is another guy that's widely available that I think that people are sleeping on a little bit. And he has been more and more involved. He wasn't fantastic last week, but somebody that that's going to looks like to be the, the, the number one um, tight end now for Houston. And then I think Robert Tanyan, you know, against Atlanta and a matchup that they're going to have to throw the ball. I don't know. Like I, I think he's somebody that people should be at least keeping an eye on, because um, he, uh, I believe, I know he scored a touchdown what a couple weeks ago, but he was somebody that was really hyped up over the off season that people uh, were really talking about. But right now, um, he's thir- he's ninth in fantasy points per game for tight ends. He's run forty two routes. You know, he's only saw eight targets, but he does have um, two touchdowns. So I, I don't know if if he can get a little bit more involved. You know. Uh, I think he's at least somebody that I'd want to keep my eyes on because he scored touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Last week, he had five targets, five receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown, 16 fantasy points. And then week two, he had two receptions, 25 yards, and a touchdown. So you get double-digit fantasy points from any tight end, you're you're thrilled with it. But, I mean, Robert Tanyan against Atlanta, I think, is another guy. Maybe deeper formats, 14, 16-team leagues. But somebody that I would definitely be keeping my eye on in you know, 12-team leagues. Love it, man. So that is going to wrap it up for the week four start or sit show. As always, please make sure whatever, however you're consuming this, this fantasy goodness, this content that we're putting out to you guys, whether it's in podcast form, if you're checking out the YouTube for the first time, if you haven't checked out the YouTube yet and, if you, and you've only been doing this by podcast, you're you're missing out on a lot. Make sure you head over to YouTube, search for the Fantasy Authority. Make sure you subscribe, like. If you're listening on a, on podcast form, we'd really appreciate it if you guys did a a rate and review for us. It, you know, if if you if you want to keep this a secret, if you want to keep it away from your your league mates and your your family and friends, if you don't want to tell anybody, at least give us a a rate and review. That that way you can help us out. That way, uh, Sunday morning. We are going to be doing the TFA pregame show again. Been having a lot of fun with you guys. We're going to kick that off at 11, and we're going to go until like 12.30, 12.35-ish, depending on how many questions we uh, we get in there at the end. And then tomorrow, uh, the DFS Gen Nation show. Make sure you guys are checking that out as well. 
uh, like like me and Kev talked about leading into the year, the the uh, the tip if you're not going to be listening to, I mean, obviously you should be listening to us, but if you're not going to be listening to us, listen to your DFS podcast because those guys are breaking down everything you could you could possibly imagine. And uh, Kevin, Maddie, and Ryan do an awesome job over there. So I think that's it, man. I think we're I think we're gonna wrap it up. I think we're gonna call we're gonna call it a night. Getting this done in an hour, we're we're getting better at this timing thing. And it, it, you know, it only took us uh, only took us a full year to, to get this down. But we're, uh, we're we're doing it for you guys. We love chopping it up with you. We love interacting with you all. So follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Rate, review, like, subscribe. Appreciate you guys. We're we'll talking to you soon. Bye. We hope you enjoyed your stay It's good to have you with us Even if it's just for the day Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.